This is 15 Minutes of Freedom. I'm your host, Elite Life Optimization Coach Ryan Nidell, here with my wife. Hi. On our green couch. We're on the green couch today, so if you're watching this via video, hello everyone. We're coming to you a little bit different today. I got my shoes off. I got my feet up. Just chilling. We got Zeus in the middle. So when we left you last week, we were in the midst of describing our experience in Costa Rica. We were actually in Costa Rica mm. at Rhythmia, the Life Advancement Center, recording the show. I know. I wish we were back there right now. We will be July 21st through the 28th. Right. If you would like to join us, Lindsay, myself, currently I have nine additional like-minded people yep. from all types of different industries, right? Incredible chiropractors, visionaries, business leaders, people that work inside of companies. Like it's a really crazy dichotomy of individuals. If you want to come down and join us, would love to have you. I'm actually going to do a 21-day coaching lead-up going into it. Mm-hmm. Completely complimentary. Doesn't cost anything for my coaching. Will cost something for Rhythmia. Right. <laughs> Drop me an email, ryan at lifeoptimizationgroup.com, and I will give you some more details on how you could join us. Now that I'm through all that nonsense, it's probably time to clue you into day four. Yeah, so I was just asking Ryan before we started this, like, where did we wrap up last Saturday? Because it's been now a week removed since we were in Costa Rica with Rhythmia, and he so kindly reminded me that we were on day four. So catching you up a little bit. And last weekend, we went through really the first three days, the plant-based medicine, what it was like to get to the resort, Mm -hmm. all the fun pieces and parts. And now we're on the fourth and final plant-based medicine journey. Yeah, so this is Thursday for us. This one is going to be different because it's an all-night experience. When I say all-night, the typical start for the ayahuasca ceremonies was 5.30, and this one started at 7, and it went until 9.30 the following morning, whereas the 5.30 p.m. ones usually wrapped up about 12.30, 1 a.m. So we're talking a you know at least 12 to 14-hour deal. Before we dive into that part, for me, I want to set a little bit of the groundwork for what it takes to lead into this particular experience. So Thursday was a day that I had booked interviews with Jeff, who's a lead psychiatrist. Yeah, he's the chief medical officer for Rhythmia. And Jerry Powell, right, the founder of Rhythmia. Mm -hmm. And these were preset before I went down there, right? We had specific times and coordinations and things like that. And so Jerry's schedule started to become more and more full, and he started sliding me up earlier and earlier in the day, right? So I went from, I believe, a 9.30 interview to a 9 to, I think, 8.30 or even 8. For Thursday morning, right. And we had been up Wednesday until at least 2.30 or 3, because by the time we wrap up the ceremony and we get back to the room and then you record the podcast about it, it's pretty damn late when we're going to bed. Absolutely. And so get up. Don't really have time to eat breakfast. I, I don't make breakfast a priority. I go meet with Jerry first. Have a little mobile podcast unit that you're seeing part of it here, right? We have new mics that I'm waving in front of the in front of the camera right now. A whole mobile setup that's in this nice Pelican case, and it's really cool. Like, yeah, you, I love it. We actually recorded uh, last week's from our house or from Costa Rica like this, and then we did the other one from our house like this. It's kind of becoming our new normal. And so I roll up to, literally, this is a rolling bag. I roll up to Mm -hmm. Jerry's house. It's on property. Introduce myself. We've already had time to chat back and forth. And very quickly, you know, open up the Pelican bag, pull out all the podcasting stuff. And him and his assistant are very clear that he's got a 9, I think 9.15 or 9.30 phone call. Like there's a very specific time window that we have Yeah, he's on a tight schedule. Of course. And so we... We get right down to business. We record a podcast, which now it would have aired last or two two Thursdays ago at mm-hmm. this point. Go back and listen to it if you haven't, where he tells the whole story, right? Tells what Rhythmia is and where it was founded and all the stuff. It's a fascinating story. Really, really incredible. And so we wrap up, and I'm very conscientious of the time, right? I have my phone out, and I'm watching it to make sure I don't run late. And as I'm putting away the podcast stuff, just normal wrap-up conversations, Jerry says, like, tell me about yourself. And there's something triggers inside of me, at least back then, like I don't love saying that I'm a coach, right? Because I feel like the term quote unquote coach is such a... It's a weird thing, right? And it sounds a little cheesy sometimes, I think. 
yeah, at least it, it did in my head. So I, I try to explain them what it is that I do across the four variables of life and dialing in a lot of specifics with some of the pieces and parts. And then it dawned on me that really what I do is I help people. Right? I, I meet you where you're at. I help you establish where you want to go. And we figure out the most efficient and effective path to get there. That right? sounds good. Right, So I, I help people. And then I, you know, glance over some of the things before, right? The web hosting, the affiliate marketing, and the growth there, and then merchant processing and what all that looks like. And I'm starting to step into the next stuff, which, of course, is custom clothing. And he stops me. He's like, wait, wait, wait what, what do you know about merchant processing? And I said, well, you know, I was involved in the high-risk merchant processing space for quite some time. What do you want to know? International, domestic? Do you want to create your own cryptocurrency? Right? You want to be a PSB, an ISO? Like, you want your own bin? Like, what are you, what are you trying to achieve here? And his eyes just keep lighting up is that's something that he's interested in for multiple businesses that he's a part of. And so we have a very high level conversation. He asked me to come back for an additional one. I believe it was Thursday. Maybe it was Friday. I'm yeah, a- it was either Friday or Saturday. All the, all the days. I think I think it was Saturday because Friday we, well, we had mu- took some naps. <laughs> yeah, we had, I had multiple meetings with him, but he asked me to come back for a secondary meeting. I'm going to say it was Friday. I also had one with him on Saturday. And so eventually throughout the day we have our plant integration process where the shamans come and tell us what to expect that evening it's three o'clock they share with us it's going to be a little bit different right where normally we say our intentions literally in our head into the cup of ayahuasca before we take it right it's a very intimate setting no one really knows your intentions it's between you and the medicine yeah and this is the um traditional colombian tribe that comes in from Colombia, right? Their 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 lineage is over a hundred years old, and so it's very um, ancient and traditional ceremony and and medicine here. And it's a different kind of brew. And it's, it's part of the Tieto tribe. If you look it up, you'll see how this all goes back. And they explain to us that in this evening ceremony, you're going to the shaman is going to ask you your name and to state your intention. Mm-hmm. Well, in the first three days of the experience, I feel like I've quote unquote, gotten my miracle, right? My pieces have been put back together. I already feel incredibly different. I got what I needed. And so as so we're walking around in between four and seven, 7.30, Lindsay asked me a handful of times, once, twice, three times, like, what, what intention are you going to set? Yeah, because I was in the same boat. I had already uh, done the show me who I've become and merge me back with my soul and heal my heart. So I was like, you know, what am, what am I going to do with my intention? And so I was asking you as well, just out of curiosity. My answer to her over and over again was like, I don't know. Why are you asking me? Like, I don't have any idea. I just shut your mouth, woman. Like, I don't know what it's going to be. And it's laughingly, but I truly had no idea. And Jerry had shared with me while I was with him that he would be joining us in Thursday evening's ceremony. Yeah, right? he was going to participate. He hadn't in any other nights. He tries to do it once a week, once every other week, just depending on to kind of clean some of his energy from what it takes to really host 60 to 90 people. So there's part of this that you might not realize if you haven't held an event before. Although he's got a full staff and although there's people running around, the energy that it takes to almost energetically prop up that many people. Like, oh, yeah. Everybody wants to say, say hi and shake your hand. And he's incredibly kind and generous and does that while pouring into you. And he's incredibly well-versed on the medicine. Right. Jerry's very involved. You know, he he does talks with the groups and, and gets everybody prepped and ready. And it's it's really incredible. Yes. Why are you staring at me like that? I am I'm telling a story and you keep sorry throwing in these things that I don't know how to bounce back from. <laughs> so I'm recalibrating in this moment my okay. my lovely wife. <laughs> so she asked me the intentions and I don't know them. We end up in the Maloka for the for the ceremony. And we sit, all of us, 63 of us, 64 with Jerry, we're sitting in almost a half moon around the shaman. And he's pointing person by person, asking for us to state our intention. State your first name and state your intention. And it happens to be where I'm sitting is one of the last five or six to go. Right? Like I'm, it just happenstance. And so I'm hearing all these other people state their intention. That's some of the key three, right? Like, what you just shared and yep and so it gets to me and i'm like i'm ryan and 
show me the path to make the greatest impact. And the shaman literally like tilts his head. He's like, excuse me? Because this is so far off base from what really anybody else has said at all. I mean, I repeat it again. Show me the path to make the greatest impact. He's like, all right. right and it bounces around and eventually, what was yours? Because you were like right by me. Mine was the like next steps of my life, right? Like I had already done the the three steps. So it was, okay, what's next for me? Like wh- show me the, the true path here for myself. And I forget, Jerry's was some along lines of taking care of himself. Yeah, to continue to like, I think um, it was something like trust in and love for myself, continued trust and love for myself. Because mm-hmm. that's something that you constantly have to work on as a human being. And like you said earlier, when he pours into to people energetically all the time, I'm sure that that leaves some space for you know growth on your own plane, right? You want to make sure that you continue to cover that for yourself because it's important to fill your own cup. Absolutely. And so the difference in this night versus others is the shaman, as Lindsay stated, is from Colombia. Very clear lineage, very clear history. Not that the other shamans didn't. It was just a, a different feel. And because this is such a strict, ceremonious event, he's very clear. Like the men are in one line, the women are in another. Even to receive what I call the sacrament of ayahuasca. Like it's not. Before it was kind of like a grab bag. Like come on up, and there's still the the blessings and the rituals and the the things, but it was really really different. I think so I talked to some of the the shamans throughout the week about things like that and it's it's the way that they particularly manage the energy of those people and how they do it and these people these shamans are are truly gifted human beings right they are able to read and see and feel and interpret energy from so many people at once and you'll see you know I don't know if we've posted some pictures but if you look up shamans or the Taitawanito um heritage line you'll see that they're dressed very you know particularly as far as the things that cover them leaves and beads and shells and bracelets and necklaces and ankle bands and things that are all in place to protect them from the energies that come from other people and the energies that come from opening up those kinds of things in a room like that and so they have a very specific way of practicing what they do so that they can control and protect people and their energies in a very safe environment and so you know we all just listened and said yep we're gonna shut up and do whatever you tell us to do because you're really vulnerable and opening yourself up to all kinds of things in there and you want to make sure that you do it the right way so that you are energetically protected and as we are going through the process of standing in line for the the ayahuasca I don't remember where I fell in line. I think it was the first one. I'm almost. You were the first one because this was the only night that we were next to each other. We were separated by one person, and it was just a line of three beds. So it was you on the end, and then one person in the middle, and then me. And so when they called for it, you were like right up by the altar, and you were probably first or second in line. And this evening's brew concoction. It's called Yahe was a much different tasting it was rough deal right <laughs> like the first three nights other than the the psychological effect of it I could have sat there and just drank it out of the container right like no big deal I even would have said it was pleasurable like the first three nights loved it it was just like a, a, a little bit of a not thick but just like deeper textured tea right it wasn't Anything horrible? I wouldn't think I'd like to have a cup of it, but. I like you refer to it as a deeper texture tea. Yeah, well, I drink tea every day, right? So it's just like, it's. it's um. I just feel like that's so many descriptive words that don't typically go together. I know. Shallow versus deep and then textured and then tea. Well. It works though. That's, well, that's what I thought it was. Where this is, the fourth night, it's very thick and very gritty and tastes very earthy earthy is a good way to describe it (laughs) it tasted like dirt and honestly it was gritty like dirt and i'm pretty sure i had like a little piece of a stick in mine would make perfect sense admittedly (laughs) and so i choke it down right go lay on my bed and i'm waiting yeah it's thick like they they tell you because you're not supposed to drink water 
after you ingest the ayahuasca. So they tell you, they give it to you after you take the yahe. They give you a, a, a drink of water and tell you to swoosh it around your mouth and go spit it out in your bucket because you can't swallow. But I was like constantly swallowing to try to get the yahe to move down my esophagus because it was so thick. I don't say it. Don't say it. I see it on your face. Don't say it. Man. <laughs> don't say it. I set myself up for that. I already know. I'm going to go back memory lane. If you remember when you were young, right, and you're third, fourth grade, and you're playing kickball, and you were waiting for the one kid to be the pitcher that you knew was just athletically inferior to the rest of you, and they would throw this very straight, very slow ball right down the middle that would allow you to kick the shit out of it. You just gave me that pitch. I know. It, it's like swallowing a booger. How about that? That's swallowing better. a booger. Man, we are just going all over the place here. Sure. It's like swallowing a textured, very thick, very viscous, very warm <laughs> booger. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep, I'm sure that's exactly what you're thinking as I'm describing this as a booger uh-huh. is what came to mind first for you. But that's about how it goes down. Sure, certainly. So drink it, we switch out our mouth, and then you lay down on the mattress. Right? Because as we've shared, there's typically an hour, hour and a half between doses, right? If, if if you, Jerry laughingly says, don't think, drink. Right? Yeah. Or basically, if, if you can get up and walk, you should go get more, essentially. Um, Shaman was a little bit more intention intentional with his his conversation. And what was so unique about this is every other evening, there had been music, there had been um, Icaro's, there had been things to move energy once everybody had taken the first drink. This, the shaman was very specific that for the first two and a half hours, it was going to be complete silence. Yes. Which I love. I hated it. Like, absolute silence. The only things that you hear are, I mean, everybody, so uh, they tell you that the the yahe is the most purgative form of the ayahuasca. So when they had us all in the integrative medicine meeting before the ceremony, everybody looks around after, you know, three days of vomiting and shitting. Everybody looks at each other like, oh, fuck. Like, the, God damn it. We, we thought we were on the back end. It's going to be fine. Now, Ryan and I did not purge that way. Right. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I was the crier. He had a nada. Then he was, you know, in outer space laughing to himself. But we weren't vomiting and we certainly didn't have the runs. And there were definitely a lot of people that really struggled with the vomiting. And so these people were like, man, this is this is going to be rough. Right. The most purgative form within five minutes of everybody getting done with taking their first cup, people were puking. And so in total silence, all you hear is the retching and the purging. And as we've just, I don't know if we've described it before, but we will now, this vomiting isn't like you've had too many drinks or you've got the flu. This is an energetic release of things that have been stuck inside of you for a long time. Yeah. It's not, um, they described it really well. They said like, it's not, you're not becoming ill. You're becoming well because you are getting that emotional sickness out and it didn't smell, smell, right? Vomit has a particular smell to it. The room didn't smell. I was waiting for like the first night, that overwhelming sense of hospital sickness smell, and it just didn't because it it truly is not that people are ill. They're just purging out the emotion. And what I found to be so fascinating is for me, my traditional position was laying on my back, right? Head on a pillow, on a single mattress, hands behind my head interlocked, eyes closed, just relaxing my body to the best of my ability. And in between states of consciousness, there's almost this rhythmic pattern that exists of crying and retching and vomiting and yawning and laughing. Like there's just this flow through the room, which is unique to be able to partake in and witness knowing that like, there was no way for me to know who was vomiting. I didn't care to watch. I never, I physically never saw one person vomit. Yeah, I did only because I would be getting up to go to the bathroom or something and people were hanging over their buckets. Yeah, I just never saw it. And yeah. so it's silence and people, it's the sound of people getting rid of what they need to get rid of. Then they call us up for the second dose. And I again am first, right? Just by the nature of where my bed's at. And tell the shaman, like, I haven't felt anything. 
he's like, wait, excuse me? Yeah, he was surprised. He's like, no, I, I haven't, like, because this is supposed to be like just this incredible experience. And it's not that it hasn't been incredible, but I don't feel anything. Like, no tingly feet, no nothing. And says, okay. And then he gets a spoon in another thing and combines some stuff in a secondary glass and then gives it to me. He's like, I'm going to fuck this guy up. Yeah, he's like, here, take this. And if you don't feel anything in the next hour, come back and see me again. Okay, thank you. Drink it down, swish her out the water, go lay down on the bed. I don't remember where you were at or even seeing you. So I only took um, the second cup. I only took a half of the second cup because after the first cup, I was not vomiting, but I was having some digestive issues pretty quickly. So I was in and out of the bathroom and I actually was, <laughs> I was in the bathroom when they called for the second cup. So I missed the, the first part of the line. And so I went up and I was like, I missed the call because I was in the restroom. I'm going to need an, another dose, but can I have a half cup? Cause right now it's pretty rough. And so I don't know where my wife's at, but it's part of this experience. I'm not really paying attention to where she's at. I mean, it's very, very safe, very controlled. I lay back down and assume the same position, hands over my head, feet down, relaxed, eyes closed. And time seems to stop while you're involved in this. Like you have no concept, right? None of us have phones. None of us have watches. There's no clocks in the room. It has nothing to do with that. And so it felt like 10 minutes, but it was probably an hour. And then like the silence and the blackness of my mind like uh, the best way I can say it is a white, a, a blackboard exists. And it's not really a blackboard because there's no physical representation, but all of a sudden I see these numbers being essentially written out. And these numbers don't make sense to me. Like I wasn't looking for any sort of numeric value in this experience. And then the numeric values start to you know, keep going. And there's all types of things. And it gets kind of the end and I'm, what what are these numbers? What is this? Right. It just simply says rhythmia. I'm like, man, I don't I don't understand. Like, I know I'm in rhythmia. Like, I get it. <laughs> but there's things about marketing. There's things with sales and automation. There's just all these things that that play themselves out. And so, side note, when I was with Jerry on Thursday, I had asked him if anyone had ever taken nootropics with ayahuasca like is it something they knew about he's like what are nootropics that's probably not going to go the way i want it to (laughs) i'm talking about him i'm talking to him about like paracetam and aniracetam and phenoracetam and all the nuopap and all the things that i take for cognitive functioning and whatever (laughs) jerry's like no (laughs) he's like no but you're you're a big guy you'll probably be fine do it and let me know how it goes yeah i mean he literally looked at you and was like but you can try first (laughs) and i'm like i got the green light right it's he he probably would know if it was a big negative which i was looking for so i took my normal stack of these pills at about 7 p.m right Mm -hmm. right before we walked out of our door to walk towards maloka the best way i can describe it is it allowed me to hold on to a lot more of what i was seeing right because there's something that goes on when you're taking ayahuasca or to me any psychedelic in general the things that kind of speed past your your yeah it goes very fast yeah go go past your mind go go through your closed eyes whatever you want to say it's like you just want to like stop them like wait time out time out and you want to grab the stuff you want and remember it that's not always the easiest thing well with taking the nootropics it certainly was so i remembered all the numbers all the variables all the ideas and then there's commotion going on now Right. There's things going on Mm -hmm. and I'm still, I'll call it sleeping. Like it's not like I'm not tripping. I'm not out of nowhere. Like I'm just relaxed and I'm laying and it's like I've had this conversation in my head and I look over to my left and there's a half circle, like a half moon of women. Mm -hmm. And they had shared with us that the shamans and the assistant shamans and the facilitators would come over and grab people from their mattresses to help do a healing process in them. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I'm sitting there, like all of a sudden there's chants going on and there's live music that starts and there's stomping on the maloka and there's feathers and there's blowing things and there's oils and there's... Yeah, it's real. It's a lot. Bamboo leaves and it's just like stuff. And there's, imagine if you will, this half moon around where the shaman would sit of probably 20 women, 20 to 25, the head shaman, and then I believe seven people follow after him. Mm Mm-hmm. And so the shaman sees you first and he says what he says and he does what he does to you and he 
blows the smoke on you and does all types of stuff. And then sequentially, it's almost like you're going through this car wash. Yeah, right? it like, is like a car wash. And Brad and Scott were there, which is they're they're my magic shamans from Tuesday. Magic shamans. Oh, they're those those men save my soul on Tuesday. Uh huh. Love them. It's nice. <laughs> what are my souls they've saved down there? I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> they I mean they're just magic humans, but the, so it was three or four, maybe five shamans and then other assistants, but you're right, it's like a car wash. Yeah, and they're they're moving around you and there's some people on the front side and some people on the back side and they're saying things they're speaking in a tongue that I certainly couldn't understand. No some idea. Some Spanish, some like tribal stuff. Yeah. And I see them doing this to all these women and I I want to watch, but then it's I also don't want to. Right, I want to just go back to this magic place where I'm getting the numbers and downloads of life. And so I go back to the place where I'm getting the numbers and downloads of life. Like <laughs> I hear all this stuff and it's it's cool because there's enough energy in the room now that it's starting to vibrate the floor and like shake the mattress, but not in a disturbing yeah. way, in like a very like just exciting way. Mm-hmm. I forget which Matrix movie it is. Uh, maybe the last one where they're underground and there's a rave that starts and all of a sudden like the energy just oh, builds yeah. and builds and builds. Like I that is literally one. how it feels. That is true. That like, is exactly how it feels. And so the women get done. I was not in this circle. But I was paying attention. There was a woman that was like four people, like four from the, the just four people in, right? And it was a dark haired woman that had an outfit on. And keep in mind, it's, it's pretty much pitch black in there, mm-hmm. right? There's no, there's certainly no lights on. And the sun's not up. Sun's not up. It's bad judge of time again. Three or we, four in the morning. Yeah, we got to say somewhere in there. And I'm looking, I'm like, that's my wife. And then she stands up when it's over. I'm like, that's not my wife. <laughs> can't see shit. <laughs> and so lay back down, right, go into my happy place. I've been laying down the whole time, but close my eyes. Again, don't know how much time passed, but then someone comes and taps me on the shoulder. And it's Brad, right, one of the shamans saying like, it's your time for the healing. He's like, take off your shirt. I'm like, oh, shit, okay. Am I taking off my pants too? Like, you have no idea what's coming. <laughs> the women did not take off their shirts, right? Everybody I took was, off my shirt. All the, girl, all the women that were wearing sports bras and shorts, like, we took off our shirts. Fair, but there were no... Yeah, we, we didn't have... There were no boobs out. Which was upsetting, but also made me happy at the same time. Correct. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really trying to see have everybody see what you got going on. Exactly. But I wouldn't mind seeing what everybody else has going on. <laughs> All shapes and sizes. We've covered this before. I can't help it. Love boobs. General curiosity. And so I sit down and I'm third from the end, fourth from the end. Right. And I still don't have a lot of hip mobility that I figured out as I'm sitting on the Maloka floor trying to maintain posture, right? Sitting in a comfortable position. And there is no comfortable position. For what feels like an hour and a half. Yeah, it's a long ceremony, but it's like, you know, crisscross applesauce when you're in kindergarten type style sitting. Yeah, except my legs are not crisscrossing anyhow. So <laughs> no. I'm like <laughs> wrap my hands around my knees. Like it's almost like I'm in, this, in a, a seated fetal position. Yeah. Just like trying to keep myself vertical and not because, again, this isn't because I'm quote unquote messed up. I'm very present and very connected to everything that's going on. I'm not out of out of my mind. I'm not anything. I felt like that was a big thing with the Yahe. It was very introspective. It was very like logical for me. It was not mm, like an out of world or out of body high type of experience at all. No. Not for, not with the Yahe. And so the shaman starts and the process starts and these things start going on. And it's incredible. Like they come to you and I just kept feeling lighter and lighter and lighter. It wasn't a thing in which I had felt heavy ever prior, but it's like they're they're pulling all this stuff from you. Yeah, they clear you out. Didn't even know it was there. And they go around multiple times. Like it's not just a one-time thing. It's like three or four evolutions mm-hmm. of, of them going around and around you. And I noticed after the second time that where I'm sitting is directly in front of where the sun comes up. And no longer is the sky pitch black. It's now this... Very nice hue of light blue. You know, the type when the sun has risen behind the mountains, you can see it's about to get light outside. Knowing the sun rises in Costa Rica sometime between 5 and 6, I'm guessing it's in between 4 and 5 at this time. Yeah. Like, it's starting to get light outside. And as the shaman wraps up, like they, they do their healing process to us, there's still some ayahuasca left in oh, the container. Oh, yeah. 
I'm watching at this point. I had come back. I was outside for most of the night. So I had come back in at this point because somebody was like, you know, you'll have to go in for the healing circle. And she was outside again because she was in the bathroom. Yeah. Spending a lot of time um, perking I, from her backside. Yeah, I had the runs really bad. You know, I would take I would take sitting on the toilet rather than putting my head in the toilet, right? So For sure. If that was the, the worst form of my purging, I'll take it. None, none of that wasn't my story, right? I didn't. Fortunately for me, even on Thursday, there was no vomiting or diarrhea for me. Yeah, you were really lucky. I was good until the yahe. The yahe got me. So the, the shaman's done, and he sees there's some ayahuasca left, and he gets a spoon that he had been mixing the stuff up with, and it's it's, like it's a big spoon. Like it's not a, <laughs> it, it's like like when we were young, where mom might have made you tea in the summer. Like it's one of those big, huge yeah. spoons. And the lemonade spoon. Yeah, not a teaspoon. It's a it's yeah. a big spoon, and he's like scraping out the ayahuasca and it's like it's, it's like, like maple syrup almost it's oh. thick and it's gritty and it's like sandy and i'm third in line and he like sticks he was it in like and, say yes yeah <laughs> he goes you have two choices it's yes or yes and he put, puts it and sticks it in the first guy's <laughs> mouth and it's like oh here we go and i'm like this is this is this is crazy this is like for those of you that might have drank at one point in college before you're of age of 21 i might be the only one that's done that but <laughs> potentially right where you're like one of the last four people that's awake at a party like, hey, let's have one more. And Bong it again. Yeah. Everybody knows it's a really bad idea to have that lukewarm, natty light, but it's still there, and there's like three left, so you do it anyways. <laughs> That's what this felt like. And so I, I take it, and it, it honestly wasn't that bad the last time. right? They brought the water back around, and we're mm-hmm. swishing around the water and spit it in the container. And then they offer us, once I do that, and they go all the way around the circle, and there's enough left that the first two guys got yet another dose. And then there's a traditional tobacco blend. Rapé. Then they did the rapé on you a guys. Rapé. And oh, I man. love rapé. Like this is, I've never smoked before any sort of drug or cigarette. Like it's not something I've ever cared about. But rapé is this tobacco blend that they put in this little pipe and they blow it up your nose. Like literally like they hook it underneath your nostril and yes. they blow it in there. And you hold it in your nasal cavity. You don't swallow it. And it's just the most incredible feeling in the world like <laughs> i would get down with rape all the time i like, did not do the rape it is at all nuts and so you've got a bunch of ayahuasca in your system now the shaman's going around and he's like pretty aggressively hooking your nose and oh, blow, yeah. blowing rape in there and i am it is now cloud nine like i am floating in the best way possible <laughs> but now the sun is up in the sky so it's certainly 5 30 or 6 and it's like this like the guy next to me oddly enough was a guy that was on the bus with us coming from the airport mm-hmm. to the resort. And he would have been a guy who I would assume to be a little younger, don't know if he is or not, and would have been someone that would have inherently, I can't even say triggered me, right, but just bothered me. He was very loud and he was very, like, everything was on 10 all the time. Mm-hmm. And over the course of the, the week, he had started to ratchet those things down and, like, find himself more, right? Like It was, it was awesome of, to see. Yeah. And so there's a certain irony to me, not really so, it's divinely orchestrated that he's sitting next to me during this ceremony and it's like we, it gets done and the music's getting louder and louder and it's all live because there's, there's chants and they're stomping and it's, it's like he looks over, he's like, we made it. Like we made it through it. And for me, it was never a thing of like, I'm going to make it or not make it, right? I've done plenty of things in my life that felt way more difficult or intimidating than this. Yeah, but he was the one sitting at the bus at the front on the first day going, is everybody ready to die? I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah he, had, <laughs> he had a lot of a lot of energy about him. And then all of us guys, like we all just end up like hugging, like the sun is up and you got the women that had went before that are all like coming out of the ether and they're watching us. And like I have my wife and this hodgepodge group of another 12 or 15 people that were out exploring nature or exploring the confines of a bathroom <laughs> and didn't get their healing process. And so it's just like this most beautiful thing that the sun is rising. You're bonding with all these men and you've shared all these stories. And then plus I got the download. And then it's your turn, right? You're, you're the last group to get healed. I'm the last group to get healed. And my experience with the Yahe, besides the, the restroom purging for me, um, was beautiful like it was it was very introspective for me so i got my version of the downloads as far as my next steps and what my path to purpose is right my furthered path and i got the the whole 
now maybe I didn't take the nootropics, but I got the whole thing of, of, you know, that film that almost looks like a movie playing in your head where you want to stop different sections and you can't. And I was able to stop a few and it's like past life regression stuff and, and what I've done in past lives and the energies I've been and was able to talk to people and just some crazy shit um, that I would have never believed or thought somebody was crazy had I heard them talking about it and never experienced it. So if you're listening to this and you've not experienced ayahuasca ceremonies and I sound crazy to you, I totally get it because I would have probably said you were crazy as well before I had this experience. And so I ended up in between bathroom sessions was in the hammock. And like the stars were fascinating to me. And every time I would close my eyes, I would see all this writing that were that was in the stars. And I would open my eyes and the writing would still be there. And I could erase things and move things and do things at will. And so it was, it was nuts. So I came in for the healing and it was the most beautiful thing I've ever experienced. And there were people that were still like vomiting in their buckets during the circle. You know, the, I mean, that just, the, the Yahe was very, very purgative for them. And um, the, the dancing and the music and the energy, it was just, so they will tell you that after you purge everything for the whole week, whether it's crying or laughing or vomiting or diarrhea or whatever it is, that you're left with tiny holes, right? That all the bitterness has left you. And so the healing part with the traditional Colombian ceremonies is filling all those holes of bitterness back in with sweetness. And so that's why it's the flowered water and the chants and they come through and pat stuff in with feathers. And, you know, everybody has their own piece of the healing that they're doing. And that's why it's like the car wash effect of seven or eight shamans. And it was, I mean, there were several of us women who just had tears streaming down our faces as we were going through this because it's just the most peaceful and beautiful and magical thing I've ever experienced in my life besides giving birth to Gianna. And that wasn't very peaceful, but it was beautiful. And I miss out on that one. <laughs> yes, but it, it was, it was magic. And so then they closed the ceremony and we were all, it probably was 830 in the morning at that point. And then they gave us open time to share and the, the shaman talked about things that he saw throughout the evening and, and healings that he was a part of and energies that he had received or taken out of people and just really fascinating shit. And then everybody had their time to share if they wanted to. The shares get a little long. The sh- yeah, that is the one part that, like, and I get it. I get it because some people, they just, they need an outlet. They need to share. They need, And I liked hearing some of it, but when you've been up for 14 hours... And people start sharing and it's like another hour and we're all starving because we haven't eaten since, you know, noon the previous day. And it's going on 930 in the morning. It's like time to wrap up the shares. We can talk about this at breakfast. And the, the 14 hours, like my, my mathematics skills are sometimes rusty. I got up at 630 Thursday morning and we are now all the way to nine o'clock Friday morning. Yeah. So that's 27 hours. I meant like is a 14-hour ceremony. But yes, we've been up for... Long time. A long right? time. And we get to then go have breakfast, right? So everybody kind of, not kind of, everybody meanders from the Maloka. They might stop by their place for a second and change shirts or do whatever. I happen to just walk right over to the... Yeah, we just went right for food. Breakfast spot. I hopped in the pool to get some of the stickiness and some of the uniqueness off of, off of my body. And we had just the most glorious meal sharing, sharing what happened. Yeah course then and go back to the room Lindy said I'm ready for at least a small nap in not so polite terms she was she was pretty shot I was shot well I had no part of me that was tired at all I just and I I got about an hour and 15 minutes <laughs> that, was, that was about all it was gonna all I was gonna get and I got none of that and didn't want it right so I'm doing work and reading and writing stuff down and Jerry had moved our meeting from 1 until 2.30 that day. Mm-hmm. And so we have lunch. Lindsay and I go have lunch because it's from 12 until 2. And I wrap that up and I go I go see Jerry. And in the meeting with Jerry, right, we're talking about some, some different business stuff. doesn't really much matter. And I stop. I'm like, do you, do you mind if I – let me just share some stuff that came to me yesterday. 
and I lay out all the numbers and all the things that were on this magic blackboard in my mind. And he looks at me and smiles and he says, you know, Brian, there's, there's two areas of opportunity that we found in our Wednesday meeting. One was some of the stuff you're helping us with right now, and one is the stuff that you just shared with us in the numbers. Right, and you had no idea what those numbers were. And yeah, these numbers aren't things like when you're talking about attrition rate and you're talking about rack rate as you increase in, in the hotel world, and you're talking about you know what it costs to facilitate a customer and number of times customers come back. Like, There's no real way for me to know these things, but I, I like knew them, knew them. Almost down to a freakish number. And then that turned into let's have another meeting on Saturday, which which we did. And it was just so incredible that this medicine started showing me, like I asked to show me the path of the greatest impact. And it says rhythmia, and it's like, no shit, I'm at rhythmia. Mm-hmm. But then I see, like, I see the path I get to, I'm so fortunate to walk through with clients. But I'm incredibly fortunate to get to see some really powerful breakthroughs, some stuff that's truly, truly breathtaking. Right. I'm like, all right, I know what it costs for my time. I know what that looks like. I believe with every part of my soul that in 45 days versus 120 days, I could probably get further with someone knowing that like halfway through, three quarters of the way through, they make a pit stop and rhythmia with me. Then they come back on the backside and they integrate back in. It's like it just, my paths are, are taking me that way. I, I mean, I agree with you. I think that walking into Rhythmia and the ayahuasca experience and the whole thing, I was a little hesitant and I was a little nervous, right? We all heard that I was crying in line the first day. But it was just truly because I didn't I didn't understand what it was that I was going to be unlocking and I didn't understand how powerful of a tool it was. And of course, modern and mainstream society would have you believe that ayahuasca is terrible and you're a drug head and you're looking to get high and like all the things that mainstream media and the government and big farm and all that want you to believe because they don't want that healing tool out there. That's truly what it comes down to. It's the most life-changing thing I have done up until this point in my 37 years. And I would recommend it to anyone. Yes. They laughingly say in the intake, right, that many people will experience in the four days, total of seven days, but the four days of plant medicine, that you will experience and receive more long-lasting healing than you do in two, three, four years of therapy. And I believe it. With no question. Right? I'm not a paid spokesperson. I'm not... A oh, part yeah. of Rhythmia, I'm not, I don't get some sort of kickback or commission. It's just like to see however you view me is, is up to you. I know myself I've done a tremendous amount of work on me. Like more so than I think the average person. I don't even care. More so than people do. Right? I'm, I'm freakish with optimizing who I am. This provided so much for me that I can't imagine if you're someone that has only started going on a personal development route or started, maybe you've been in therapy or counseling or some things like that for a while and it's not really clicking and you don't know about someone helping you or coaching, whatever you call it. Like this is like putting your foot on the gas pedal and just getting it all out. Oh yeah. One of my, one of my neighbors the first night, she said, I've been in therapy for 15 years trying to work through childhood trauma and adult issue, adult life issues and marriage issues and relationship issues and just things, right? I've, I've always been labeled as the person that has problems, issues, mental disorders. And that was the first night. And I talked to her on Sunday before we left and still have followed up with her in the, in the week that we've been home. And she is a totally different person per her own admittance, right? And, and the change that I saw from her on day one to day seven was astronomical. And I didn't know her coming into this, but she just said like, this was more healing than my 15 years of therapy. And that's not to discredit therapy. It's just, it's an, it's an extra tool that opens up new pathways within your mind for deeper understanding and healing about 
who you are and what your life is it what your life is and the connection to other humans and the world itself and i i I will be a little more critical of therapy to me therapy as it sits is a beautiful tool the overregulation of what can be said and what cannot be said in a therapeutic setting Mm. based off of all the rules regulations guidelines to me are now designed not to make rapid impact changes on someone's life, but to keep them feeling stuck for a long period of time. Right. Well, I think that's a whole thing with big pharma and they're not doing it. The practitioners, I don't believe, do it on purpose, but they're boxed into that keeping you sick modality so that they can keep feeding you pills so that they can keep making money. Yes. And I don't think therapists are bad. I don't think counseling is bad. I just think that when you go down that path to that level, you get handcuffed in a certain capacity mm-hmm. by the nature of the oath that you sign and the agreements that you have to entertain. And I think there's some really, really impactful ways to make some big swings in your life to change that are in addition to or in replace of therapy or counseling. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, one uh, man, gentleman you sat next to had a master's degree in psychology and then also a neurosurgeon. I mean, there were some wickedly smart people there with just broad spectrum knowledge on neuroplasticity and how the mind works and psychology and medical backgrounds. And they were all like, holy shit, (laughs) this is life changing. And we can cover then, you know, Friday's a relaxed day. Saturday we go into town. Sunday we go home, right? Like just speed through some of that stuff. It's, it's not, that is not an exciting but it's yeah costa rica was lovely the people are amazing they live with almost nothing and they are the happiest people i've ever seen very very cool culture but now i want to cover the not so good side right if you made it to this side of the of our conversation it wouldn't be right for me to only share the beauty without the things that maybe aren't so beautiful since coming back and diving much deeper into the marketing and automation of Rhythmia as a resort, I see an underlying current that I had never given consideration to before of this place. Yeah, we talked about this yesterday. I had had an opportunity more than a year ago to go to Peru, kind of the indigenous, I can't say place that Ayahuasca you know, was found, but if you talk to people that are purists, right, going to the jungles of Peru is kind of like that's the way you take ayahuasca. You, you make right. the pilgrimage, you go down there, you find a shaman in the middle of the woods, you sleep in a hut or a tent. Like you're, you're truly rough it. You go all the way in. I had that planned, right? Mm-hmm. I was going to go down and it just so happened by completely as it was supposed to. I got my abscess on my leg, went and saw my doctor ask him for flight clearance. He wouldn't give it to me based off literally still having an open wound that was packed with packing gauze. Yeah, and to go to like the jungle is probably not the best idea when you already have a massive infection. Wouldn't give it to me. Yeah. Then I had a, a retreat plan to get to California um, with a, a shaman that travels throughout the U.S. and I kind of quiet off the radar way. But I had my good friend Michael Buffington that asked me to come down and speak at his event and it was just an overlapping time period. It, it couldn't be two places at once. Mm-hmm. And eventually with me comes about. And one of the things that is this consistent comment on their posts is that they are monopolizing the sacred nature of the plant medicine and that they're just turning it into a way to make money. Right. And the, the ayahuasca experience is not supposed to be luxurious. Now, I can say that Jerry Powell is a legitimate friend of mine at this point. This isn't something of like, mm-hmm. like I'm not just saying it, like call him right now. He would answer the phone while I'm on, on the show right now. Jerry had one exit for a business for $67 million or so, I think. That was his net. I think it was like 120 something, didn't he? So his set, he had two exits. Oh, that's right. The second exit was $91 million Yep. or 96 and he netted 61 Jerry has, is wickedly intelligent that pertains to business and how to grow, scale, and optimize an operation on a national or multinational basis. Mm -hmm. Understanding that not every person on the planet has the internal wherewithal to traipse down to Peru or Colombia, 
try to track down a shaman. Trust a shaman where you don't speak the language that he's providing you the right type of medicine. Not everybody has that. Moreover than that, there's a lot of people that should not take ayahuasca. Right? If you're type 1 bipolar, you have extreme mental disorders, there's some things... Major heart disease is a big no-no. Yeah, there's some things that they walk through very specifically in the medical intake that are non-starters. Mm-hmm. Like this is something that is... They're, they're, they don't want anybody to have an unpleasant experience, let alone to die. And so while this is a luxury resort... Make no mistake about it. The accommodations are beautiful. The spa is incredible. The food is amazing. The grounds are kept up impeccably. Oh, it's, it's gorgeous. Everything is dialed in just so. There could be said that there's something missing because you don't get the quote-unquote normal experience of being out in the jungle worrying about pumas and jaguars and anacondas or whatever could be in the jungle eating you. I mean, there were monkeys in the hammocks the first night of our ceremonies that they were chasing away. So, like, there's wildlife. (laughs) You're in the jungle still. But if you're looking for the traditional go to the jungle, rough it. No restrooms. Do all that stuff. This would not be your place. What I will say is there's no part of this that is done with the feeling of being for money. Now, money, in my estimation, is nothing more than a change of energy. Jerry has set up a fund that is a scholarship fund that will bring, I don't remember if you said 24 or 64 people throughout the course of a year to Rhythmia free, right? Like pay for the flight, pay for the accommodations, pay for the medicine, pay for everything for free. Like Mm -hmm. this is about making a sacred plant available to everyone across the board. And you could save five, six, seven grand, whatever it costs, right? That's too expensive. And there's no way. He's got to be crushing it. We live in Columbus, Ohio. We do. That's where we're sitting. We put on an event at a hotel here, mm-hmm. right? And the rack room rate right now, if we were to look it up online, is $329 a night. It is. We stayed Saturday night. No, we stayed Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. We stayed seven full nights. We did. Just that alone, with taxes and fees and all that stuff, give or take saying Columbus, Ohio would be say about twenty five hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. You then would have at least two meals a day of going out to eat or even eating in the restaurant at the hotel. Yeah. That's eighty bucks a day per person, seven days. Right, so whatever that is, five hundred sixty bucks times two—that's another twelve hundred bucks. Then mm-hmm. we had three colonics a piece. Yep, and a massage. Yeah, I've never—I don't know exactly how much colonics cost. I have—I haven't. No clue. Price those out, but I can assume a fifty-dollar colonic is fair. It's another three hundred bucks. The massages certainly—we've had those before. Those are yeah. 100, 120 bucks an hour. Yes. All right, so there's another two hundred fifty bucks. Just just bare minimum to do that stuff in Columbus, Ohio. Now, granted, Sunday night we had dinner. Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday we had multiple meals. So really, I'm underplaying the expense of the meals. You're four grand into just coming to Columbus for a week. Mm-hmm. You're not doing anything really fun. You're staying at a pretty decent hotel, having hotel food. We're not talking about going and eating the type of food we were eating. Oh, the food. The food is just, I can't say enough about the food. We're not talking about transportation back and forth to and from anywhere. We're not talking about any of that stuff. And so the thought of over and over again of like, it's so expensive, it's so expensive. Or it's bastardizing the medicine. For me personally, I just don't see it that way. I don't either. I never did. But that's that's the counter side of this. This is the... The potential negative. I did see, though, that the people that were commenting about things like that, bastardizing the medicine, monopolizing for money, all that stuff, were people that have n- never been to Rhythmia or never experienced ayahuasca. So, right, we've got the keyboard warriors that are sitting there behind their screens typing away like they know something when they've not experienced either side of it. And when the shamans the first night had been practicing 
and had been, we'll call them licensed shamans for, if I remember, 20 plus years. 20 years, yeah. They were leaving. We were their last ceremony until they were going back to Peru to study more for the next year. Mm-hmm. The shamans in night two have had more documented plant-based medicine experiences, right? They'd facilitated more in the past three years. And I believe they were trained in Africa. Yep. Than anybody else. Yep. Anybody else, period. And the shaman the fourth night is from Colombia. Like <laughs> he 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 came in town with Part all of the a stuff. lineage tribe, right, yeah. Right, this like, ancient shit. So I suppose there could be something to be said for if you'd like to bring your own tent, <laughs> sleep outside, burn a fire on the on the grounds, bring your own beans, right? Whatever, heat them up in the thing. I don't know. I mean, for my modern society mindset, I don't mind sleeping in a tent. I don't mind going to a jungle. But to experience something like we experienced, I know that I felt safe and secure and I trusted the people that were around me to make sure that I was going to be okay and that everybody was going to be okay. And I would not now go to the jungle and do it because I had such a safe and and welcoming experience now that I honestly would be scared to do it another way. Yeah, I mean, when you're here, like, Jeff can't use the medicine ever because when someone's using the medicine, he has to be on call as the as a lead psychiatrist. Like, there's an ambulance there for every ceremony that has, it's completely staffed. There's yeah. a doctor on staff A waiting. doctor, a couple of EMTs, two nurses, and then Jeff is on staff. At, they, they are at the site. They are... At the front, you can't see them. You don't know that they're there. But if there is a, an issue with anybody for any reason, they have a full medical staff waiting immediately. So to me, it's, you know, think of all the family vacations you could take. You think of all the things you could do, right, to take seven days away and go somewhere where you get healed and you get to experience phenomenal everything. That expense isn't that expensive. I don't think so. And especially because I'm working on some ways with them to get financing for you and a whole bunch of other stuff where literally as long as you have a $500 commitment on the front side, there's a way to make some things happen, right? That's why I asked when we started the show, if any of this has been interesting to you. Yeah, reach out to one of us and we'll get you some details. To reach out because, again, I know every quarter I'm going to be going back bare minimum to help lead people into that experience. Mm Mm-hmm. And this first group that's coming, I'm completely vetting out the fact of they have a 93.77% miracle success rate. Yes. That's that's the number of people that come and get everything they wanted plus some before they leave. And I believe they're close to 5,000 people. Is that right? This week there are over 5,000 people now. Yep. My goal is to take people down with a, like I said, 20, 21, maybe it'll be a 15-day lead up of some real simple work, some coaching to get some things processing so that when you get down there, it is just the most beautiful experience for you possible. If I can prove that takes a miracle rate from 93.77 to 99.77, it's a win. Like mm-hmm. it becomes part of what they do, which also becomes part of what I get to add, which helps me make, like it shows me the path to make the greatest impact, which is what this exactly whole show has been about. Yep, yeah, exactly what you asked her for. And like the same thing, like I don't know if I covered this or not on two weeks ago shows, I think I did. The whole idea of impacting 125 million people's lives. Yes, you did. Like, this is just another piece of that. Like, you come to Rhythmia, you feel different, you go home, you don't get triggered anymore, you show up with more love for your family, your friends, everybody else. They ask what's going on. The ripple becomes massive, mm-hmm. right? Like, the butterfly effect with everything that Jerry has going on. Five years from now, the world could literally be a different place mm-hmm. if, if they hit the numbers they need to. I don't have anything more about Rhythmia. <laughs> I got it all out. Clearly, we thoroughly enjoyed our time there. We thoroughly believe in, in the practice and the people. There wasn't a single human being there that isn't full of love and a wealth of knowledge and willing to help. It was it was beautiful. And so if you will come and join us in a Rhythmia excursion, either July 21st through the 28th, most likely sometime in October or sometime in January, When you come home, I guarantee that you'll be able to get shit done.